under Sarai's leadership, we were basically dual-headed and divided and conquered most of the work together. So it was my first day at DHS. She brought me into meetings with agency leadership. She wanted to make, to make sure our leadership knew that we were both engaged on any procurement-related matters. So it was fantastic the way she brought me into the organization, had me at the table and all the all the key meetings. Now, you mentioned Sarai Korea. She was uh, at DHS for uh, something to the effect of uh, 10 or 12 years, maybe even pushing 15 years, if I remember correctly. And, and there's some big shoes to fill. Help me understand kind of how you're doing that. How are you filling those shoes? Because it's not easy. And how are you starting to build on her legacy? She knew, I'd say, a majority of the people in the department, which is fantastic. So somebody who's only been in the department a little over two and a half years, it is it is difficult to, to fill those shoes. One thing that Soraya said to me during her last days as a CPO, it was pretty funny, but also some good advice. She said, you know, Paul, I wear high heels and you wouldn't look good in them or even be able to walk. So don't try to walk in my shoes. Definitely walk in your own. You know, funny but true. It's hard to walk in anybody's shoes, but especially somebody like like a Soraya Crea, who's just you know just a, a powerhouse in the procurement community. But you know, watch us try a lead organization over the last few years. <laughs> I'll, I'll sort of use an analogy. It was like a, watching a great chess player. She always seemed to be a few moves moves ahead of everybody, including understood like the second and third order of effects or consequences of a decision. And that's a phenomenal thing for a leader to have, not just think about like, I'll make this decision and not really understanding what's the second and third order of effects. She, she was fantastic of that. So it was, it, again, just a phenomenal mentor to me. She would make comments in meetings like, you know, if I were you, I would think about such and such. And there was always wisdom in her statements. And you really had to think about what she was saying. And I, I guarantee if you follow her sage advice, which I did, um, success was typically the outcome. Jason, I consider myself more of a checkers player, <laughs> but I'll continue to work on becoming the best chess player I can um, as the CPO of DHS. I mean, Saran not only built upon great programs that were already in place. I don't know if you're familiar with our acquisition professional career program. This is where we bring people into the department, grow them as procurement acquisition professionals. So that program was in place when Soraya became the chief procurement officer. But like Soraya does, she created additions to it. She brought in which is very important to me, veterans. So we created the veterans for, for um, DHS, brought them into the, the procurement acquisition program, into the APCP program as it was, as it is. Also brought students, so college students through our pathways authorities. We're now bringing in college students into the program. So we're really capturing the whole depth and breadth of folks to bring them into the department. Going after historically black, black college universities, Again, we have a full breadth of ways we're tackling them. And that was done under Soraya's leadership. So the Procurement Innovation Lab, something else Soraya created back in 2015. My goal was to build on both the APCP program, the, the Procurement Innovation Lab program, but also like are there other things we can do? Like what is, you know, as I build on a legacy she's created and the other former great Chief Procurement Officer DHS, what else can we do? Is there, what's the next tool to really help us reach the next level? What's out there that can really help our workforce? Maybe becoming part of the FAR Council. Uh, we're not part of the FAR Council, but I really do think the DHS, as big of a player, as important as we are in the federal government community, it'd be great to have us part of the FAR Council. That way we can directly work with um, that on the policy side of things to really have an impact with the, with the acquisition workforce. I want to move over to something you said earlier about workforce. And I think this is the key piece to any acquisition success is the workforce. And there's plenty to talk about, but... You, you mentioned the acquisition professional program. You brought in veterans. You brought in you know, students through the Pathways program. 
um, and then and then HBCU students as well, graduates. How is the how is DHS developing that workforce of the future? What's the biggest challenge you're facing today? One of the things I, I would tell you, we just rolled out our DHS Office of the Chief Procurement Officer Strategic Plan for 22 through 25, and, and the, the first priority really prepare and empower people to excel. And it really is centered around the team. People first, my leadership philosophy that both, again, I have, I had, Soraya had it, Mina has, really is people first. So, so how are we working to make sure we have the, the best and retain the best and brightest, bring in, recruit the best and brightest? How, how do we do that? And what are the challenges we're facing? I, I tell you, the world has changed in the last 18 months. You know, looking back on my career, I've never teleworked up until the last 18 months. It is a, it is a change mindset. And I think, as we look to retain and recruit folks is to have continue the flexibilities that allow us, you know, it's important people first to work to accomplish the mission of, in this case, DHS. So how do you make sure you bring the good people in, retain the great people that you have and still meet the mission why you have these flexibilities? I think partly is, you know, as we continue forward, you know, what flexibilities can we maintain? And, you know, my, 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 the leadership within, within DHS is all for continued maximum flexibilities at the same time, just ensure you make meet mission. So I think when you get the good talent in and you want to retain the talent that you have and also the talent you bring in, it's having those flexibilities. How do you do training these days? You know, how do you, how do you actually, instead of sitting in a classroom, now you got to think about when you're training this, you know, our acquisition community. How do you make sure the interaction, what technologies we use to have those interactions? I think we've all taken classes online where you just kind of click through, you know, I'll get through the very end, I'll at least a test and just move on. You're not really learning there. So we don't want to go to, you know, learning in that model. So we really are switching to make sure we have interactive models using technology. We have a great mentorship program here. We want to keep that going to make sure we have those conversations I think it's even more critical now than ever to have those relationships as you're not having the hallway conversations anymore, right? So how are you reaching out to employees? How are you keeping that interaction going? You know, I, I was, went to the office a few weeks ago and it was it was refreshing that you finished the meeting and then, hey, can we chat in the hallway? I'm like, I haven't done that in a year and a half. Yeah, let's go chat in the hallway. So, you know, how do you keep that interaction going as you as you um, as we're really pivoting to this this virtual world that we're all living in today? Interesting. You said you've never worked really teleworked much from home, if at all, over your career. But all of a sudden, eighteen months ago or so, now, now, boom, you're you're teleworking. And can you do your job from home? Do you, you know, aside from the hallway conversations and things like that, uh, procurement seems one of those jobs that you know, you can easily do from home. Maybe not chief procurement officer, but definitely those in the acquisition workforce. The couple times I've had to go in the office it, to go into a classified environment, obviously we haven't we haven't figured out how to have a have a skiff in people's homes yet you know, across the board. So those, those are the, you know, I do feel for my brother and, and that are part of the intelligence community. I know they, they've not been able to work from home because of the technologies available to them. So a little more difficult for them to do work from home. We have mastered some of that within DHS, our folks that work classified stuff. They do figure out, they go into the office to do the work they need to do in the, in the skiff or in a classified environment and do what they can at home. So we're, we've, we've done a pretty good job working out that balance over the last 18 months. You mentioned the strategic plan that the chief procurement officer uh, office just put out. You mentioned one of the first priorities is people. Let's talk about some of those other priorities within that strategic plan. First priority is prepare and empower our people to excel. So we really do want to center that 
philosophy throughout the department. And it's always been like that, but again, we keep stressing that as well. The second priority is energizing our partnerships through collaboration. And it's really at the core of what we do and how we do it. You know, partnerships and collaboration are gonna continue to be important. It's definitely a, a focus point for us. Kind of the third priority is really inspire innovations to enhance mission capability. So that's centered about how we deliver support of our customers. A work is not performed in a vacuum, and therefore collaboration and communications are, are key. If you don't, again, if you don't have that, then there's this common theme, people throughout each one of these. And, and our fourth one is really enriched the DHS procurement experience. It really is about the brand. Our brand as a DHS procurement community, you know, how can we make progress? It's just much about the customer having a great experience, is about improving the experience of the procurement professionals. So it is really the the all-encompassing experience, both for our staff and for the customer as they work with us. So again, it's about all stakeholders that touch the procurement process, walking away with a positive feeling about their experience and fortifying trust in the DHS procurement brand. And really, at the end of the day, accomplishing mission needs. So that's really, that's sort of the four tenets of our strategic plan for the next next three or four years. I'm pretty excited about it as we continue to, to work on the enforcing those and, and making sure they have the right impact across the DHS community. I'm going to unpack a few of those. Let's start with those energizers partnerships through collaboration. Uh, imagine when you talk about partnerships, you're talking about internal ones, for instance, how you all work with CBP or ICE or TSA and their acquisition professionals. And I imagine also it's external ones, how you work with industry. Do I have that right? Let's start there. Yep. That's exactly what it is. It's all, it's, it's all the above. It really is both the experiences internally and external. So let's start with the internal partnerships first, because I think that's an important piece. I, I know DHS, for instance, we've seen audit reports have come out about how DHS has struggled to keep major acquisitions on track, cost schedule performance and those things. How are you working with those folks? And in, in, again, CBP, ICE, TSA, FEMA, you name the component on acquisition to improve their processes to so you can help improve theirs, but they they, all can all, they also can help the processes DHS-wide. Recently, GAO found DHS was struggling in keeping major acquisitions on track, particularly cost and schedule. So one thing, you know, as we collaborate internally here, we have been taking a hard look at our acquisition programs, and we believe that our programs within a portfolio are in compliance with established processes and policies, and we adequately manage and oversight is in place to continually monitor program costs, schedule, and performance against DHS approved baselines. So Jason, I'm not sure if you're familiar with our Office of Program Accountability and Risk Management or, or PARM. So PARM is, is the major player in this. They effectively manage our acquisition procurement policy, governments and oversight by doing, by doing several things. So first, they closely monitor programs in breach. We have, we have a few of those are getting better. We're getting some of them out of breach as I speak. Next, requiring program documentation to, to get through any potential issues and problems. Third, continuously monitor program health. Uh, that's, that's obviously that's important, you know, make sure the program is healthy. And just lastly, enhancing program data quality and availability and ensuring strong governments and oversight. So my office is a partner in this, this effort, working very closely with Deb Cox, who leads the PARM office for DHS. And we got to make sure we have the right contracts under these programs. It's, it's so critical ensuring that we mitigate cost, schedule, and performance issues. So if a program is going in breach and it's typically it's, it's a hybrid issue, it's both, you know, both sides, government and, and the, the vendor. But we work, again, our job is to work with the vendor to make sure we improve anything on, anything on the contract performance side. So, you know, we help as we go through this, having the right contracts. We help components develop sell and procurement strategies through a procurement strategy roadmap. 
that Soraya created when she was here. Continue that approach going forward. That just make sure we, we, the procurement office, the program office, are all in agreement on the strategy going forward to really get the program what they need, when they need it, and at a fair and reasonable price. You know, additionally, as part of the, the monitoring program health that I mentioned, we're continuously monitoring contract performance under those programs, looking at current problems the contractors are having and assessing how they may impact schedule and cost going forward. Because a lot of these programs don't happen necessarily at the headquarters level, they happen at the at the component level. Do you have regular meetings? Is there a chief procurement officer's council, like a CIO council that you meet with to address these challenges? Again, whether with the PARM folks or not? We do have a couple of opportunities to engage. So we have a monthly head of contract um, activity meeting. We bring in all 10 HCAs across the, across the department. We have them once a month. Sometimes we have them more often, depending on what's going on, but we have a standing once a month meeting. We bring the group in. On top of that, the HCAs are probably sick of meeting with me. We do have, um, on a monthly basis, we have one-on-one meetings with myself or Nina or and or Nina and the heads of contracting for each component. So 10 meetings a month, typically about an hour along. We go through the standard metrics. You know, how, are, how are you doing meeting, meeting your hiring goals? How are you doing with, with meeting small business goals? Kind of going over the typical metrics. But we also set aside the first part of the meeting to talk about current issues. Maybe not across the department, but specifically with a component. These are great conversations to have. These kind of one-on-one engagement, good way for us to kind of pick each other's brains, talk about issues that are impacting them. How can we help them? Do they have ideas to help us or help others? So it's phenomenal. The the collaboration that happens between headquarters and the components is just it's just top notch. I've not seen that anywhere else um, during my federal government experience. The way we we interact with each other. Do we always agree? Nope, but we always come to a consensus and move forward. Let's shift some gears here and, and talk about some some fun things like the Procurement Innovation Lab. You mentioned that earlier. How do you see that continue to evolve over the next year or two? It's been part of DHS now since 2015. It was Soraya's brainchild back then, and it has grown over the years. Uh, even the, the number of folks have grown <laughs> to, to half a dozen now that are part of the actual Procurement Innovation Lab. So it really is part of our continuing effort to change our culture as we move forward with innovation. Now, now in the next two years, we expect a couple things to happen. One, continue to support a growing number of teams coming into the procurement lab to conduct their procurements in different ways. Every year since I've been here, the number of teams that the PIL team works with continues to grow. The second thing we are looking at is kind of, I mentioned training earlier, really enhancing our training formats to include technology or nano learning videos, which are really just bite-sized learning videos, just a few minutes, uh, maybe 10 minutes, maybe shorter. We think that's the best way for folks to learn some of the um, the coaching techniques, learn some some of the do's and don'ts, those types of things. And we we want a kind of ref- refinement of the way of our pill coaching clinic. We really, really want to further promote grassroots procurement innovation across DHS components. So I think, I think that's important is become a, you know, uh, how, how else can you expand with a short, a small number of people to really have that grassroots campaign to take over and really continue to change the culture to more of not to be risk adverse, but to, to be willing to take those, you know, more risk, a risk tolerant culture, I guess, is a, is a, a better way to say it. So again, all these efforts undertaken by the pill really are aligned to, to get to that risk tolerant culture 
across, you know, not just headquarters, but across all of DHS, um, really using the flexibilities, which are already, they're already afforded to us in the federal acquisition regulation, various procurement related policies and laws. And really at the end of the day is to help us enable the DHS mission. So we really do remain steadfast to taking good ideas and applying them to actual procurements. You know, we'll learn along the way, continue to improve how we deliver the DHS mission one procurement at a time. And the pills, a pills, a big help for us in making that happen. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.